You're listening to Andover Airwaves, which is produced by Andover Public Schools in Andover, Kansas. Hello, and welcome to a very musical episode of Andover Airwaves, our new podcast about all things Andover Public Schools. I'm Terry Rombeck, the District's Communication Director. Both Andover High School and Andover Central High have musicals coming up in the coming weeks. AHS is performing Susicle, while ACHS is performing The Little Mermaid. In this episode, we'll talk to theater teachers at each school, as well as students who are part of the productions. And we'll give you a sneak preview of some of the music from each show. All that coming up on Andover Airwaves. Let's kick it off with a song from Susicle. We'll be right back to talk with the cast and director. This is All the Things You Can Think. Oh, the things you can think, think and wonder and dream, far and wide as you dare. When your things have run dry, in the blink of an eye, there's another thing there. If you open your mind, oh, the things you will find, lining up together. First off today, let's talk Seussical. Andover High School will be staging the Dr. Seuss-themed musical November 11th, 13th, and 14th. Joining us is Sarah Cohen, the theater teacher at Andover High School. Welcome. Hi. And we have two students. Holden Osman is the student technical director for the show. Welcome. Hello. Noah Jittawait plays the cat in the hat, who's the narrator for the show. Thanks hey. for being here. So I've seen Seussical once. It was actually when Central did it a few years ago. And what I remember about it is a whole lot of fun. And my recollection is there's just a lot going on in the show. So, Ms. Cohen, how do you describe it? If, if somebody hasn't seen this before, how would you describe this? Yeah, it's a little bit of a Dr. Seuss fever dream. Uh, if you took, I think there are references to something like 18 or 20 Dr. Seuss books. If you just took them all and put them in a blender and poured them out, uh, there's that. But you don't have to have read Dr. Seuss to enjoy it. If you are a big Dr. Seuss fan, you'll get some of the like smaller references. Like there's a one line reference to the Lorax. It really has no bearing on the show, but it's in there. Um, the plot primarily follows Horton the Elephant of um, Horton Hears a Who and Horton Sits on an Egg. It's kind of a mashup of those two books with a lot of other things sort of thrown on top. And why did you choose to do this show? I wanted a show where we could involve a ton of kids. Last year, that was not the case. Um, We did have an opportunity to mount a musical last year, but because of COVID precautions and protocols, it had to be small. Um, And it was limited to students who were members of the thespian troupe. And I wanted to try to balance that this year by a show that just has a ton of room for a ton of people, both on the cast side and technically. So it seems like most kids, if not like every kid, has been exposed to Dr. Seuss at some point. I'm kind of curious for you guys, was there a moment or what does Dr. Seuss mean to you, I guess? Is this something that was part of your childhood? Ooh, oh, man. I remember early on I was uh, introduced to like books. You know, you go to the Barnes and Nobles and you get those like hard copy uh, Dr. Seuss books. And, you know, sometimes they come in a variety pack. Um, I remember my mom reading a bunch of those, um, probably more specifically the Sneetches book. Um, with the Starbelly Sneetches, I just remember, uh, you know, how special that book was to me. How about you, Holden? Um, I think back in kindergarten at uh, Martin Elementary, we did 
we read Dr. Seuss books, and then we made green eggs and ham with food dye multiple times throughout the year. It was always, like, you never wanted to eat it because it just looked wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but you did, and it tasted just fine. So it's it fun memories. So you're not making that today or no. No, not for <laughs> breakfast for the weekend? Gotcha. So Noah, the cat in the hat seems to have this like larger than life persona. And I'm thinking like the book and I know my kids have watched the animated PBS show. What's your sense of his personality and like, how are you trying to reflect that on stage? Yeah. Um, oh man. The cat in the hat is very, uh, just a very happy character. He's very up and about. Um, he's kind of the controller of everything. Um, throughout the story, he takes Jojo, uh, another main character throughout many adventures and um, he exposes him to dangers, but never actually uh, lets him get hurt. And I really appreciate that about uh, the character. I enjoy um, having the ability to um, go crazy, I guess, probably the best way to describe it. Um, and just kind of put all of my energy into this character because I feel like the cat in that is that he is full of energy, he's full of life. and. He um, is just a crazy person that I've grown to love over the past few months. And if I can piggyback on that, um, Noah's cat in the hat is an extremely frenetic cat in the hat. He moves a lot. He jumps, he bounces, he cartwheels. He, I mean, he does just about everything, but headstands over, under, around, and through um, the show. So it's a very high energy type of character. That sounds exhausting. Is it, is it it's hard exhausting to keep that to level watch of energy? Like, <laughs> I can imagine like how exhausting it is to actually do it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is exhausting. I the I mean, I think the challenge is, you know, uh, understanding like where I can put limitations. And um, as of now, I'm I, I'm really happy and excited to, you know, with the decisions I've made, uh, express that through uh, the shows that we'll have in the next uh, few weeks. So you have a favorite song? Oh man, mm. that that's a tough question. Um, my favorite song to sing with the cast would probably be uh, "It's Possible." It's a kind of a Beach Boys vibe song um, that just incorporates a little bit of everything. Um, and probably my favorite song to sing uh, by myself would be the opener of "The Things You Can Think." Cool. So last year, obviously, first year in the new auditorium, first year in the new high school. Uh, so Ms. Cohen, for those who haven't had a chance to go to the auditorium yet, what's it like? Describe it a little bit to people. And then is it working out the way you had hoped it would work out? Uh, I just can't say this part enough. It is probably the nicest high school theatrical facilities in the States. It is built exactly the way um, a proscenium style auditorium should be built. And those of us who worked in the previous building, and I think Holden is like laughing at me over on this side. Those of us who worked in the previous building, which was the auditorium was done just about as badly as it could have been. Like the change into this building, everything is so much easier. It feels like the building is working with us as opposed to the building fighting us. Um, we are enjoying it so much. I'm enjoying so much the opportunity to train students in a facility that would be comparable to a facility they might go, like let's say they wanted to go into theater in college um, or they wanted to do it professionally. I'm so excited that they can train them correctly on things like a counterweight fly system, which we didn't have before. Um, the auditorium is 
beautiful. Um, and it's so wildly functional. And I was going to ask, obviously, you guys are new in the space. I'm assuming there's still some learning going on in terms of the, the lighting and the, the audio and just how everything's going to work. At, at the same time, you're trying to put on a show. So how, how are you kind of balancing the learning part with the actual, hey, you got a show coming up in a couple of weeks? So we've been doing a lot with just like while they're not rehearsing on stage, we'll be in the auditorium running through practicing stuff. We've been messing with like the light board a lot recently because I'm the lighting crew head for that. Um, and so we've been working with that, turning on all the lights, seeing where they are, seeing what we can do. Uh, last year, we had a bit of a problem with the lights. <laughs> Holden's laughing because he caused the problem. He turned everything on all at the same time and we blew like a master breaker. <laughs> well, you, you, live, you live and learn. <laughs> say like the best way to learn how to do anything is to do it and so like yes there's the you know there's the theoretical um part where you learn how to write cues on the lighting board and then there's the part for real where you have to do it under stress in a timed environment during the technical rehearsal and i mean that's how you that's how you really learn um also both of these uh students worked as lighting and scenic crew actually on two class shows we just did that neither of them had any obligation to do so that they weren't involved in or anyway i think they just were kind of like saw the freight train coming and were like you know what we're gonna help um and so i think both of them learned a lot from from doing that like you can both write cues yeah you can run the lighting board yeah, I mean, they, you know, you just, you learn by doing the show. I don't think the show is an impediment to learning. I think the show is like, is the learning. Right. We can, get, we can get the basics down before the show and then figure out the more confusing stuff when the show happens. Is there anything particularly challenging or unique about Susical uh, in terms of just the, the technical side of things? Oh, yes. Uh, the scenery isn't too, too bad. Like for the platforms and like everything that we have built in by or built with wood on the stage, but we have I think we're up to like ten things that are drops and different things that'll be flying. Things that are flying, yeah, rigged scenery that's flying in and out on oh, the wow. counterweight fly system. And those are gonna have to be done like precisely during the shows, otherwise things will go will not go very well. There's a safety element there, I assume. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then also, lighting-wise, it's going to be a very heavy show, and we can't really start that until production week. The way that the scenery is designed, the show is so fluid, it moves to so many different places. The scenery is designed to just be sort of in place, and a lot of the movement from place to place happens with the lighting. Um, We also are renting and using intelligent lighting instruments, um, which is why some of the lighting can't happen until the week of the show because it's in the rental period, mm-hmm. um, which again, that's expensive and it's cumbersome. But if these guys are going to go somewhere else, they're going to encounter intelligent lighting um, and they're going to need to know how to interface with it. So A, it's good for the show. B, it's good for the students and C, like it looks really cool. <laughs> so define intelligent lighting. 
So it's lights that move and turn and change color on their own. Um, most traditional fixtures, you you point them and you can turn them on, you can turn them off, you can dim them, but they can't move, they can't change colors, they can't change patterns. Intelligent lighting instruments can. You see these a lot at like on Saturday Night Live, you see them at the Super Bowl, you see them at any like very large produced event. Um, they look like weird robots and they spin and twist on their own. Those, if it's moving on its own, it's an intelligent light. Gotcha. Thanks for explaining that. Of course. We learned something today. So you refer to this a little bit, and this, I'll throw this up to all th three of you guys. Obviously, last year, the pandemic kind of ruined plans th that we all had for lots of things, right? But especially for the arts, things just were different. What's it mean to you guys just to be able to be in front of an audience again? You, know, you want to start? Yeah. Um, oh, man. It, it means the world to me. I, I absolutely love one of the big things that I do or one of the big reasons I, why I do theater is um, giving people that momentary, like, you know, three or three hours to just relax and sit back and just enjoy uh, what's happening in front of them, excluding everything that's happening inside their lives, whether good or bad, and just having a time to where you can sit and enjoy something visual and uh, auditory. And, uh, you know, the pandemic kind of held us back from, uh, meeting um our uh full potentials um when you know COVID hit and so you know having the opportunity now to you know go out and have you know uh full capacities in the auditorium you know hopefully no masks on you know we can uh I can you know give more to the show and I can you know give people more more people that uh, release and it just uh, it makes me so happy that I can you know give people that what you hold? Uh, I'll say it'll be nice on the technical side to be able to communicate a lot more without having to scream really loud with a mask on <laughs> or trying to talk through a headset and communicate with people in the opposite end of the auditorium without having to yell, like be louder with a headset on or with a mask on. So some practical yeah. <laughs> challenges there. For technical, it's a lot more practical stuff. Uh -huh. It's um, a lot nicer. I would say um, one thing that we do every year is we take what we call the baby picture, um, which is the kids who, so this year it would be mattress, right? Once upon yes. mattress, the seniors, whatever, the ones who started in the first show as a freshman um, and they get to come through and we take a picture of all of them at the, the show when they were senior. And we realized we're not going to get to have a baby picture from last year because we didn't have any freshmen. And we were bummed. We were so bummed when we realized that um, because there there is this real sense of like, we're, we are the department. We're in this together. And when you come into the department, it's not a hazing thing. It's not a new thing. It's a, we're, we're like pushing, pulling and grabbing people in the door, like come into our department, come be with us. And I think we all pride ourselves on that type of attitude in the department. You're new, get in here. What's your name? You know? And we didn't, we didn't get to do that last year. We didn't get to bring anybody into the fold. Um, and that's, I hated that. I, th yeah, I think you guys did too. Absolutely. Um, and so to get to like throw the doors open again and be like, everybody get on here. What can you do? You can sell, get in here. What can you do? Your computers, get in here. You can act, get in here. Um, that is so thrilling 
you know, I was, I was thrilled to get to do anything last year because honestly, we didn't know, right? We didn't know if we were going to get to do anything. And so we just held on to that last year by our fingernails. We got to do something. This year, we're like, we are like back in business. We're back bringing people into the department, into the family, into the group. Like that's, that's what I'm excited about. More than half, more than half of the people in this show have never done a show before, been on a career before. Yeah, it is like- a lot of underclassmen. Yeah, it's a lot of underclassmen, which is so fun. All right, so one last question, easy one. Why should people come to the show? Uh, Because it's going to be good. Of course it's going to be good. Oh man, it's- it's just going to be so much fun. It's it's not a show where, you know, we have, you know, restrictions to where, you know, people like might not want to come see it. it this is a show where everyone would want to come see it. It's a it's a happy show that I don't there's maybe like one sad scene, but even then it's momentary and it's most like 90% of the show is happy and it's just a oh, it's a fun for everyone type of show. And we're also going to push the auditorium to its limits a little bit this year and show people what we can do now. Which is a, a lot more than we could before. A really cool showcase, not only for you guys as as, uh, as actors and as a technical crew, but for the building itself. So that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. And I just I just want to say thank you again to everyone who supported the bond issue um, that brought that into being a reality. The difference it made, I know it made a difference for a lot of people, but the difference it made for the performing arts department is hard to overstate. Um, really tremendous. Um, and incredible. So I just want to say thank you to um, listeners who, uh, and the community at large who supported that bond issue. All right. Well, thanks to each of you for, for chatting today. It's been a great conversation. Good thank luck with you. the rest thank of you. the preparations. Again, Andover High School performs Susicle on November 11th, 13th, and 14th. Shows are at 7.30 p.m. on the 11th and the 13th, and a two o'clock matinee on Sunday the 14th. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with a discussion about The Little Mermaid at Andover Central High School. Under the sea, under the sea, under the sea, nobody beat us, fire us and eat us in because under the sea, we want the land folks love to cook, under the sea we are to hook, we got no troubles, life is the bubbles, under the sea. Andover Central High School is performing The Little Mermaid in November. Performances are Friday through Sunday, November 19th through 21st. Shows are at 7 Friday the 19th, 7 Saturday the 20th, and a 2.30 matinee on Sunday the 21st. To talk about the show, we're now joined by Cassie Conley, the theater teacher at Andover Central High School. Welcome. And we have two ACHS theater students. Kenna Donnelly is stage manager and on the tech crew, and Abby Hoagland is playing Ariel. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. So Ms. Conley, I know a lot of thought goes into what shows you put on each year. Why did you choose The Little Mermaid for this year? Uh, well, this was actually chosen for last year. Mm. And so it, we were not able to do a large scale production. And so we moved it to this year, but we originally chose it because it's kid friendly and um, a fun show. And we try to vary what we're doing. So some years we'll do a drama, some years we'll do a comedy, and we modern music, classical music. So it was time for a family-friendly, fun musical. Uh, since we had COVID, this just makes it a lot better because it's something lighthearted and something everyone can enjoy. And I think after the last two years, this is a great show for people to come out and see. I know. We have a six-year-old in our house who's very excited. So that'll be, that'll be fun. I have a six-year-old who is also very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Get to hang out with mermaids. That's good, right? Yes. 
So, uh, Kenna and Abby, Little Mermaid, the animated movie came out in 1989. And uh, I assume that's way before you were born. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wondering, uh, do you remember how you were introduced to it? And uh, did you become fans at some point? When I was probably, I think, six, maybe was the first time I got introduced to it. And um, it was actually one of those movies that I had loved, but I didn't get to watch as much. And then as as I got older... um, Disney Plus came out and I rewatched it and then I watched the second one and the third one and I got really into it. And um, I ended up doing a musical actually my eighth grade year for a theater. So I'm kind of already, I guess, in tune with the musical and I know like, I don't know, I know what's going on. But it, it was, it was, it's a really good musical. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I feel like The Little Mermaid is just a, a rite of passage. It's just passed on. And um, I would definitely consider myself a fan. I've always been a huge fan of Ariel. And um, it's just such a good story. And I'm glad that we're doing something that is so universally known and will make like the whole family happy coming to see it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's so, it, like I said, it's so universal and everyone really knows The Little Mermaid. It's just, it's really great. <laughs> So the story is a Hans Christian Andersen story that goes back to 1837. That's a long time ago. That's a long long time ago. (laughs) But we're still here talking about it and and kids still enjoy it and adults still enjoy it. Why do you think that is? And I'll throw out to any any of you. I think it has such a good plot line and there's so much more to just the Little Mermaid and her story. It's like, I don't know, the way she deals with I don't know, Ursula and she like gets up and comes back from it. It's, it's, it's more than just the little mermaid. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's going against like societal norms. It's also, mm-hmm. um, something where it's like a lead female and you know, sometimes you, in musicals, you don't really see that. Well, yeah, I mean you, you do, but it's typically like a man or something like that. Well, this one is just about her finding the love of her life along the way and, um, Go doing that over doing whatever she can to get the life that she wants um, and not letting the society around her hold her back. So I think that's something that also pulls a lot of people to like it because you see a strong female inside of it as well. Mm-hmm. I would just say it's because it's a love story and mm-hmm. everybody wants to find their true love and we don't always find people that are the same as us and to be able to overcome that and love stories last generations. So Agreed. So Abby, playing Ariel. Yes. Uh, what's the, I guess, the best part of that? What's the most fun? And, and I'm kind of curious, what's the most challenging part of that? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the most fun is it's it's so known. And um, having, getting to play like my, one of my dream roles has been really exciting for me. Um, also getting to bond with like the whole cast and stuff has been really nice. I think we have a really great cast. Um, Ariel's just so fun and getting to sing part of your world is probably my favorite part. (laughs) Um, the most challenging is definitely trying to figure out in the second act, obviously Ariel loses her voice, um, gives, or gives it up to Ursula so she can try and get the life that she wants uh, with Prince Eric. Um, and trying to make sure that even though I'm not talking, I'm still like animated on stage and because there's so only so much 
Prince Eric can do if I'm just like a blank face, you know what I mean? So I have to make sure that um, I'm animated on stage and um, can mimic and um, talk without actually talking. So I think that's the most challenging part is trying to figure that out for sure. How do you go about that? Do you like do it be in front of a mirror? Like like how, um, how do you how you express <laughs> how do you find a way to express yourself without that? Yeah, um, a lot of it thankfully is in the stage direction. So I try and use that, but then also really just getting together with the person who's playing Prince Eric, which is Noah Sickman, um, and seeing how he he acts the scene. And then using how he acts it in my own and then interpreting that as how I think Ariel would also do it. So kind of straying away from that. But it's really just working together because, um, like I said, there's only so much that um, he can do without someone to talk to. So I'm trying to make it as easy on him as I can. Gotcha. So, Kenna, obviously most musicals are set on land. So you have like this (laughs) under the sea challenge, right? Uh, how do you go about trying to make the the setting so that it feels under the sea? Um, we're having people, I think at one point in the show, um, they're standing at the front of the stage and like shaking almost like blue fabric, I guess, to like show like water. And we have a lot of, um, like flowy props and stuff that we use for the, um, characters and, um lots of tails lots of you know just like fish costumes and stuff it's kind of anything you want to add in terms of just the setting and and how you guys are going about that uh yeah we are um lots of coral lots of bright colors that you would see in like a reef or something um all of our a lot of our fish have very flowy arm pieces or things that hopefully remind you that you are moving with the water and blues lots of blues so mm-hmm. so last year obviously as everyone knows the pandemic <laughs> sidelined a lot of activities uh, for you guys students mm-hmm. um what's it like just getting to do this again this year like what and what's going to be like to be up on stage with the with auditorium with people in it it's so exciting last year we were doing a show and everybody had to wear masks it was terrible and just like I don't know. I couldn't imagine having to wear masks under the stage lights and speaking. And I don't know, there's so much to focus on, like already being in a show. And then on top of that, like trying to keep your distance from people and being safe. And then this year it all comes back and we don't have to like, I don't know, I guess we don't have to be as paranoid, I guess, Mm -hmm. about it. It's it's a lot more fun. It's um, yeah. It's just better. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad it's back to this. Yeah. Um. Well, it's nice to get normalcy back after the year that we had, that we all had and experienced. Um, we're still cautious. You know, mm-hmm. we we don't. The last thing we want is our any of our cast members to get sick. So, we're still staying cautious, wearing masks while we're singing for the show. We're not. We probably won't end up wearing masks, but um, we're trying to stay as safe as we can so we can protect our cast and and our crew and all that stuff. But last year was obviously difficult. Like uh, Kenna said, we had to wear masks for um, our one acts and for our play that we had last year. Um, thankfully, we got to do that, um, obviously, with restrictions. So it was hard. Um, ha- losing the one thing that, like, really brings me happiness, like, is musical, like, musical theater is, like, the, my passion. And I've known that since um, I was, like, eight years old. Like, I've known I wanted to do this for my whole life. Um, 
and not being able to do that and was really it I mean I'm thankful because it made me see that wow like I really do want to do this for the rest of my life because it was really sad um but now it just feels like we're more of a community we're back together and it's like we're not going to take it for granted again because it was stripped Mm -hmm. away from us and I feel like the arts is just really important. And I think coming with the Little Mermaid back will really, it'll bring our community back, I think, so. Big bang. Everybody, Everybody's so excited to do yeah. it now. Now it's like back to normal. And it's going to be fun. We have a great cast, great crew. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Conley and Mr. Tan, who's our musical director, um, they've been working really hard as well. And it's going to be really good. I'm excited. I'm kind of curious, what's that like to hear her say, you know, that this is a community? Because I know that for for you and as a teacher and, and for your students, this isn't just a class and a, a box they check off for graduation or whatever. <laughs> so I, I think that that's what they missed most was the community um, effort. And I think by working together, we partially create that, but we do work very hard to create our community by having conversations of how we treat each other, empathy, Mm -hmm. all of those great things. Um, I think last year, that's what was missed most was the community. So they're so excited to be able to do things. We were very lucky. We still got to do some shows last year, but it's definitely not on the same level. So um, it's great to hear her say that because that's what we strive for. The productions are great and it's great for the audience, but especially at the high school level, it's more about what the kids are learning and their appreciation of the arts and to have that support system in place, especially as a teenager. It's rough being a teenager. Yes. Um, and that <laughs> yes, wasn't sarcasm. <laughs> I know they struggle. Um, and yeah. so to have that and to have them say that is great uh, because that's really what we're striving for is to give them a safe space to explore and have something to come to school to do. So. Yeah, that's great. All right. Last question. And it's an easy one. Why should people come out and see the show? it's gonna be good I mean we're I it's I mean the sets are great the costumes are great the actors are great the crew is mm-hmm. great I mean everything about it um, it's something everybody knows the music the I don't know people people know probably the dances it's easy it's very <laughs> it's, jiggy and you will laugh and you will probably maybe cry <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be amazing. Yeah, we're having we're having a little tea party on the Saturday, the 20th, 20th, for kids to come. We're having our whole cast there. We can take pictures. Um, we're just really bringing arts back. And who doesn't want to come see that? So excited. <laughs> That's awesome. That'd be a great show. So ACHS performs The Little Mermaid Friday through Sunday, November 19th through the 21st. And it's sure to be fabulous. Thanks to each of you for being part of Andover Airwaves. Yeah, thank you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of Andover Airwaves. If you have a topic you'd like to learn about, please email us at info at usd385.org. Again, that's info at usd385.org. Have a great day.